Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We speak today to Michael Connors, the CEO of Visla Resources. They're a Mexican silver explorer. They've got an option to acquire a mill with associated permits and licenses and infrastructure. We asked him how he's going to move from explorer to producer. It looks like they're going to have to raise a little bit more money, another 20 to 25 million bucks in the next couple of years, plus a further 70 million bucks if they do decide to go ahead and acquire the mill. Anyway, enjoy the podcast. Hello, Michael. How are you, sir? Very good. Thank you. Yeah, good. Well, thanks. Thanks for coming on the show. You're going to tell us today all about Vesla Resources. Silver companies, uh, we're kind of new to silver, but um, and hopefully you're going to tell us a little bit more about the silver macro story today. But let's start with one minute summary on your business, then we'll get into it. Excellent. So Vizla Resources has consolidated the high grade Panuco district in Mexico, mm-hmm. in southern Sinaloa. We consolidated this for the first time ever. Uh, it's been a district that's been producing for 450 years, uh, but it's never seen modern exploration. So we are the first company to explore the district as a whole uh, using modern exploration. We have an option agreement uh, with two parties in the district that um, that are operating currently uh, in order to purchase all of their production infrastructure, including a mill, permits, ajito agreements, everything you would need to be a turnkey mid-tier producer in Mexico. Right. Okay. Your, your take, how long have you been working with Silver? Is this your first project um, in Silver? What do you know? What do we need to know? Well, I've been working in, in precious metals, <laughs> working in precious metals for my entire career. So that's, you know, been about 10 years in mining. And, um, you know, I, I view I view Silver as a precious metals with, as a precious metal with industrial applications as well. So right. uh, the company that I had before this that I sold was a cobalt business. Uh, I, I went deep into the uh, EV realm and uh, you know learned about the the implications of electric vehicles, electric electrification of uh, of the world, and um, and you know that that theme. And I think silver actually fits in with that uh, as well. But it also complements um, that complements the the currency argument of of silver being uh, you know tied to gold. Well, well, well tell, tell me about that. Tell me about that. So, you know, EV seems to be, everyone we talk to has got some way of getting some some of their commodity into a battery. So talk me through the silver relationship. Well, it's it's involved in, um, you know, a lot of the the uh, connections and the, the actual manufacturing of, of the batteries and the, um, the soldering and things like that, of course, and, and uh, solar panels and, um, you know, every other kind of uh, Computing application, I think you can, you can apply silver to. So it's uh, it's involved. It's certainly not as as critical as, as cobalt or lithium to that equation. Uh, but as you see the electrification of, of uh, the world increase, I think you see silver demand increase on that as well. Too. But have you any sort of sense of the numbers uh, involved there? Because I mean, it, it's not a significant part of as a percentage of you know electric vehicle batteries, is it? So. No. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. As again, I wouldn't consider it as a, the right. same as, a, as as an input such as coal or even copper, of course. But um, you know that, that I think that complements the 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 currency. Um, you know the the debasement of uh, fiat currency argument as well too. Of course, that has always been the the uh, the main theme behind silver. And as you see gold come up, uh, silver usually follows behind it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think that 
that's really the you know when when we look at silver we're we're not looking to build a company that that needs a hundred dollar silver or fifty dollar silver we're looking to build a company that, that you know you can operate in any uh, silver price environment yeah. so um the way we do that is through through grade Okay, so you've got a high grade project, which we are going to talk about in a second. But let's stay with the macro for a little bit longer. So you know, I need people to understand it because we're we're kind of new to it. I think some people are, you know, they're not necessarily avid followers of silver because the volatile nature and the history of that volatility too. You know, it causes a lot of pain. It can make you a lot of money, but it causes a lot of pain. So people tend to stay away. I mean, why are you so excited? Why have you got involved in this silver project? Well, again, I, I think when it comes down to this project specifically, it's um, we look at it as a business. We don't look at it as a commodity play or or anything like that. It, you know, for this, this is a, the opportunity to have a, a true district scale opportunity that compares to some of the, the greatest mines in districts in Mexico and contains very high grade and, and high margin. And so, you know, whether it's silver or gold or, you know, we, we believe that the, the precious metals complex is, is moving higher, uh, mm -hmm. of course, but we're not reliant on that to to make this business plan. Okay, so you're, you're saying that investors looking at putting money into your company should not look at the underlying commodity or the macro story. They don't need to because you think the fundamentals of the business will allow people to make money. Yeah, we believe so. I mean, of course, if uh, if silver crashes to uh, a couple of dollars an ounce, that's uh, that's not good for any, uh, you know, silver or I'm sure gold producer at that point. But mm -hmm. um, you know, with the reason we you know we we think that we're comfortable in um, in most price environments for for the precious metals. Okay, interesting. Now, I, I, I just about to, you know we're we're talking about retail investors, family offices, high net worths. You know, trying to understand. The, you know business models and I do want to talk about yours specifically but you're saying even before you come at this project don't worry about the silver thesis whether the silver's going up or down you think you've kind of cracked the code here well no I, I certainly don't uh, we're, we're not doing any you know we haven't cracked any codes I, I just think you know we're very comfortable with the, you know the debasement of, of, of the US dollar the, the printing of uh, fiat currency um, as measured against um, what we believe is real currency, which is gold and silver. You know, that, that's a thesis that uh, I think um, most people in mining are, are fairly comfortable with. Now, um, you know, you can tie on the, uh, of course, you can tie on the electrification and, and uh, solar panels and, and, you know, these type of applications for silver, which potentially could give it a little bit more torque, of course. But we've been seeing a fairly steady silver price here. Uh, for the last few years, and uh, it seems to be trending upwards. So we're comfortable with that uh, as far as uh, as far as our company. Okay, okay, I understand. But silver has had quite a sort of a statement. This volatile is a word associated with silver. I don't think you disagree. Um, so it's been trending up. But you're going to tell us in a minute why, with your high grade project, you're going to be impacted less if the market does fall off. Is that is that what you're about to tell me? Well, I, I suppose, uh, yeah, that would be that would be great. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, but okay, so why don't we get in? Why don't you get into the into the project and tell us about this? Because you're you're about you're consolidating a lot of land packages in Mexico, in Sinaloa. I mean, most people worry about the implications of Sinaloa, but um, what's it actually like doing business in Mexico? First of all, and what's your experience? That's been fantastic. Uh, we're about 45 minutes away from the Mazatlan airport. Mazatlan is a, a tourist hotspot. 
Uh, we're certainly in this tourist bubble there, uh, which is uh, very unique in, 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 in Mexico to find a project that has this type of infrastructure, but is also close enough to major tourist zone so that you don't actually have to worry about some of the common issues that, that, uh, that occur in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, and being, uh, being what, what do you mean? What do you mean by that? Well, I think once you become a little bit more remote, uh, there's issues. Uh, we have a four lane highway, toll highway that runs through the property uh, from, from each end. We have a number of towns that, that tourists visit um, in the general area. So there's, there's, um, you know, it's not a remote mountaintop area. It's, uh, it's actually quite nearby the, uh, an area where I think 300,000 plus Canadians go every, every winter, uh, to, to, uh, to vacation, which is Mazatlan. So it's a, it's a, it's an ideal location. You, you consolidated the land package, but what, what exactly are you buying into? So what we're doing is we're buying into a production story. Now the production story is a little different than, than other stories because it, uh, you know, we, we have the opportunity to buy the production now through the option. But no one's ever done any true exploration. No one's put a, put together a proper resource across the uh, across the district, and no one's actually had the district to explore as a whole. So we're the first company to, to have that opportunity. So the way that we look at it is actually that we have a, a two-year, uh, in terms of the option, a two-year exploration or due diligence window mm-hmm. where we can explore, drill, uh, and and do everything we need to do to be comfortable with purchasing the mill, the roads, the power, the permits, the HEDO agreements, everything from these producing entities in Mexico, local Okay, let's break that down. Okay, so you've done this consolidation, you've got an option of buying a a mill with permits and all of the infrastructure that's associated with it. Once you've been through a period of exploration that satisfies you and your investors. So let's talk about the exploration bit, first of all. So how much money have you raised when, when was this and what are you going to do with it? So we've, we've completed a total of $6 million, or, well, $6 million in the last financing. In June of last year, we, we did $2 million as well. But So we have about $4.5 million now that we are uh, putting into the ground over the next uh, next uh, 12 months right? Uh, towards the end of the year. So we're completing a 14,500-meter drill program. Um, and we're also sampling across the district and, and understanding some of the old working. So it, it's it's interesting <clears throat> the the fact that this producing for so long, you know, gives us a lot of infrastructure to actually explore from. So there's 35 kilometers of underground working. So we have our team going and sampling underground workings, but we also have our team drilling from surface as well. Too. Okay, so you need to help me here. So you've raised eight million in total over the entire company's life. Uh, well, yeah, we had an $800,000 IPO. So, okay, so, okay. No, so, 7 million, right? 7 million. With you have four and a half million bucks left. What, what have you spent? What have you spent the other um, two and a half on so far? Just getting so the, the thing. So the two million was, uh, was raised um, essentially, you know, to, to recapitalize the company before we had this project in it. So it gave us the, the breathing room, the ability to go and, and acquire a project. We were looking at a number of serious assets and, and uh, this was the one that we actually completed on. Um, and that money came a lot, you know, from myself from our chairman and our, our board of directors. So that was, uh, you know, kind of our 100% risk capital. And then subsequent to us completing the, the uh, acquisition of, of these options and, and bringing this into the company, we raised 
a $6 million uh, brokered financing and a non-broker component of that uh, without a warrant. And so the proceeds of, of that uh, were basically all to go into the ground here to explore. Okay, so you got to help me out here. I need to. I really need to understand this. You've got four and a half million bucks which is going in the ground. What precisely do you think you're going to be able to produce at the end of this two-month, a two-year period, which is going to allow you to walk up to someone and say, "I now need forty-two million bucks plus whatever GNA you need to buy this mill." So what what are you going to have to show them, and can yep. you do that with two and a half million, four and a half million bucks? Because We've interviewed companies who've spent 40 million bucks, 100 million bucks, and still not been able to answer that question. So what are you going to do that's so special? So uh, we have a two-part plan. Uh, the four, It'll be about $4 million that we, we put into discovery drilling and sampling. And so we put out a release this morning that, that's an example of, of us finding a new, new to us vein in the area with kilo plus material. But what we're, what we're doing and what the, the largest expense is going to be for this year is actually discovery drilling. So we're, we're going on old ore shoots, we're going on areas that we've sampled and mapped before. We have about 12, we have more than 20 uh, targets right now that we're going and, and using the drill to, dis to discover whether or not we want to follow up on those targets with resource definition drill. So the first phase is discovery drilling. So discovery by drill bit. Um, following that, we rank and prioritize those opportunities that we found. And then we, we bring another drill in to, to, to resource drill on that. So at the end of the two years, we would like to have uh, enough ore in a, in a resource that we can go and, and go to the market and say, this is, this is what we have proven here. We have a mill right beside us. We'd like to use either debt or, or, or some sort of financing or equity if it's non-dilutive to um, acquire the back end of that option run that resource through the mill and create a quick payback. So that's that's kind of our business plan. No, I, I get the theory of it, but what are the numbers? What, what does that number need to look like in two years time? You're gonna walk up to someone, it's, it's, lot, it's a lot of money, you, you best part of 50 million bucks in two years time. What number are they gonna need to hear? I know you can't tell me precisely what you're gonna get, but what do you think the minimum yeah. number is for them to pay attention to you? So the way that we've modeled it, I think there, there's, we have to we have to understand too that this is not just um, a path forward to a small resource. This is a way to justify the purchase of an entire district, and the district is very large. But I, and I will get to what numbers we need. But I would say that um, if we can prove that this is a district scale opportunity, uh, there's going to be a lot of interest in this, uh, you know, buying it out and seeing more exploration. But in order to uh, execute on the option, I think that we probably need somewhere in the range of thirty to 50 million ounces of silver. And that would allow a company or a streaming company or, or whoever, uh, you know, the investor to, to model back the first few years of production and, and against that, that mill, right? So the mill is operating, the mill uh, has, a, has permits and, and everything. So th th that would be the way to, to model that payback period. Right. I, I think I, there needs to be a baseline of what's somewhere around that in terms of silver ounces. Okay, so uh, you, you mentioned the phrase earlier, it's, it's a high-grade, high the area is sort of high-grade ore, which is, which is great. Um, you're hoping that the price of silver doesn't come back down or isn't lower than it is today in two years' time, sure. right? Um, but, if, but if it is, I mean, you, you're going to have to be constantly assessing this. What if you get to the point where you've kind of worked up a resource, it's lower than what you hoped, 
uh, and you're not able to complete this deal, do you still kind of stay in, but you don't buy the mill? Is that an option? Um, the way that we've structured it is there is two different options. One has uh, the majority of the um, expiration ground. The other has expiration ground and a mill, uh, which is about 50-50 in terms of the value of the options. So yes, there, there is optionality. There are different moves that we can make if we need to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and co- constantly reassessing this, but all the evidence that we've seen so far um, it leads us to believe that, that we will have some success with the, the high grade. And however, we have no obligation to complete the option. If we find out that uh, that's not the case, then you know we're, we've only risked a small amount of capital for the upside of having a producing region. Right. Okay. Okay. So you, how do you shortcut this process? I mean, t- tears isn't too far out, but you've then you've got, I, I assume this mill is mothballed or in care and maintenance. I mean, what's the state of play there? Yeah, I was producing uh, late last year. Late last year, okay. Um, okay, so you probably don't need to spend too much money uh, on that other than ongoing, ongoing maintenance. Um, how do you shortcut the process into getting into production there, given it was operating as recently as last year? Well, that's, that's a good question. So, you, you know, they're always, if there is a, a market where uh, equity financing turns on in a significant way, of course, maybe that amount of, of, of uh, ore that you need to put into a resource could go down. Um, but for us, I think we want to be comfortable with what we're buying as well, too. So shortcutting the process means increasing the amount of drills on the ground. Right. Okay. So between between now and then, um, have you done your full diligence on this mill, or will you? Is that part of the process over the next two years in terms of understanding what you're what you're buying, what you're going to need to spend on it? Are you going to need to raise some more money? Certainly. So uh, we're very lucky. On our board is uh, Simon Smerlick, who's the chief operating officer of Osenko Engineering, one of the world's best mine builders. He's a mentor of mine as well too. So. Uh, we're very lucky to have his insight in terms of infrastructures and mill and what would be required. Um, there would be more money need, needed to be spent on it, of course, uh, to bring it up to a standard that could operate at a, you know, every day operating at its high, as highest capacity. You know, we'd want to make sure that that, that would be running smoothly. Uh, but it's not a huge amount. You know, maybe it's somewhere between five and ten million dollars on top of that total purchase price to, to bring it up to a certain standard that you'd be comfortable at. Okay. Yeah. And are you raising any money between now and then? Yeah, I think so. So our first phase of exploration, which is the discovery drilling that I mentioned, uh, where we're going to these 20 different targets and drilling on those targets to discover if there's high grade pods there, high grade ore shoots. Um, that'll be completed with the, the budget or the ca- cash that we have on hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, in order to complete the resource drilling, which will be the second phase, we will need to raise more money. How much? But we're fully funded for this drill program. How much will you have to raise going forward for phase two? I would budget something in order to, to, to really, you know, to get get the uh, the resource drilling done properly. I would say it's probably somewhere between twenty and twenty five million dollars. Oh wow. Okay. What's your market cap today? Thirty-six. Uh, Sorry, it's what? Mid forties. Mid mid forties. Okay, okay. So you're going to raise another 20, 20 to twenty-five for the two-year periods out, but that will get you all the information you need to work out how you best go forward and how you position it to the market to raise. From what I've just heard, say forty-two million bucks plus another. Five to ten million bucks just on the mill plus GNA. So are we are we somewhere up around? If you do decide to go ahead with the mill, you're talking about 
65, 70 million raise at that point as well? Yep, yeah, exactly. Right. And, and what that does is, is the way that, you know, if you can look at that is, you, know, you look at a, a company like Silvercrest that's building Las Chispas and they have a CapEx of 100 million plus 30 million sustaining capital on PEA phase alone. Now, we can actually basically buy that, you know, not not that the mill, the, the mill that they're building may be better, it's going to be brand new, but we can essentially turn to the same uh, category of a producing company in, in Mexico uh, for 50 cents on the dollar if you add in that CapEx on top of the mill and the, and the total purchase price. But that's also buying all the concessions, the highway, the, not the highway, but the roads that run through the property, the power, the permits, it's a, it's a true shortcut to production. Okay, so that's a true shortcut product. We we know we know the Silvercrest guys. We interviewed them. Good guys. We like them. So okay, what do yeah. what do you know about your project today in terms of? I get that it's high grade, but you know, are you going to be able to mine this thing? Or how have people been able to mine this thing economically? What sort of numbers are we talking about? Therefore, what margins are we talking about? Well, you know, I think the question whether or not we'll be able to mine it somewhat answered by the fact that um, there's been this multiple centuries of production there. There's currently Mexican miners operating there that uh, you know have zero mine plan, zero geological maps, zero uh, drilling or any kind of uh, plan work. They just see a vein, they drift on it, they find ore, they don't find ore, and they're operating. They're, they're profitable, they've been in business. So that leaves a lot of room for, for um, you know, for margin there, margin of error, I would say. But uh, you know, of course, I can't tell you what what they're what what uh, rates they're producing at. But um, you know, I think you know we we'd be very happy if we were pulling uh, somewhere between kind of a 500 uh, gram per ton silver and a, and a kilo uh, silver on on some of these ore shoots. And the higher that you get to the uh, first of the kilo numbers or above that, if you can get into some of these high-grade ore shoots that we've seen evidence of and we've seen on the property, and of course, we've seen these these massive uh, mined-out voids underground, um, that would allow you to have that that, that near-term payback after you execute the option. But these, those, those are, that's a different sort of mining, and it's it's small scale, and they're chasing chasing veins. You know, can you give me a sense of what you guys think you're going to be getting into in terms of are you? Are you chasing veins or is it open pit or have you got a sense of that yet? Do you know what you're getting into? And therefore, what are the costs involved? Well, um, what we'd be doing very, very likely would be continuing underground. And and the scale is actually a bit deceiving. So although they are, uh, they, they're not as well planned as, as a Canadian company, some of the, the scale of the mining, the, the workings are, are quite impressive. And, um, you know, we'll start to show that through our, our content to show the underground uh, information there. But, uh, you know, we, we would be um, operating an underground mine 99% likely. Uh, and right. the cost, I think, would be in line with some of the other uh, silver mines in Mexico, call it, call it eight or $9 a, an ounce, something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And Damascus, the road is around that range, uh, 80, 80 kilometers away. Uh, so that, that's what we see in Mexico. So that's about the, I think the average is somewhere around that eight or nine dollars an ounce but um, you know uh, there's potential to lower that through utilizing the existing infrastructure and uh, and not having to spend so much on on capital expenditure okay and and so what are the other things that you're actually producing during this to this two-year exploration phase and what sort of studies are you producing what sort of you know how do you give a bit more certainty and guidance to the market as to 
what it is you're going to have before you make this acquisition? So, uh, so of course, we'll always be modeling things internally. Sure. Uh, the market uh, will, you know, will certainly be seeing a, a resource in the next two years. Uh, any studies exceeding that, I, I'm, I'm not so sure yet because we need to just find what we have. Okay. okay, so you're, you're not getting into the nitty gritty of the engineering or sorting and any of that? Of course we could with, you know, with the help of Osenko and, and that, that, you know, with our, our board member, Simon, um, we have all that, I would, I would think pretty well under control, but um, okay. we'll, we'll certainly be receptive to what the market needs in order to execute that option. Okay, cool. And, and, and give me again, a picture of what are you doing? You're going to get into production. So this is, do, do people ever exit silver? companies or do they just produce it for cash because again I, again i'm thinking the volatile nature of this do people step in and do, do, do buyouts or do you just say no we'll just keep producing cash through thick and thin well certainly you look at a company like make silver uh that i've seen on the different on model your, different model right right they but they you know they've got a very large market cap with a joint venture with uh with a major in mexico but they've got um, they've got they've got four employees <laughs> They got four yeah. employees, right? So their model was farm out to someone next door who's doing exactly the same thing. So really smart. I love those guys. But what are you doing? What are you going to do? But we would look. We would look at uh, certainly building this company in terms of wanting to go into production, wanting to be you know a very high margin producer in Mexico, and building it the best we can. And if, if that's an attractive target to a number of the you know, many, many silver and, and gold uh, producers in Mexico that operate there, um, and they want to take us over, then that's, uh, that's fine. But we're going to build this, uh, you know, towards a production business. Okay, that's, that's the big idea. Okay, yeah. Michael, thanks for your time. Uh, enjoyed hearing the story. Like I said, silver's new to us. We're still learning. We'll come back and talk to you another time and ask you some difficult questions. But uh, thank you very much for going through that. Appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.